0: I didn't think you were working this week, but it looks like, because that doesn't look like your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, any part of your house that I've seen before. Well, because
1: there's light in it. I've
0: turned, Well, no, <laughs> I've turned if we the tell the truth, on. there wasn't until about a minute ago when you realised that you were in fact sitting in darkness. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do I just not like it being bright? I don't think that's the yeah, thing. Maybe I'm more suited to across. Victorian
1: times. <laughs> Just candlelight is enough for me. Um, no, yes, no, I'm at work. You're, you're correct. I'm at work. I it am, is, okay. but <laughs> You know what tennis is like. There's tournaments every week. It doesn't stop. doesn't stop. Now, I think a lot of the focus has been on Barcelona because Nadal is playing in Barcelona, but I'm not doing Barcelona. I am doing Belgrade, which has Djokovic. So uh, strong events this week, right? I mean, really strong very turnouts. Very strong
0: yeah, very strong events when you consider the players that are turning out in the respect of it. Okay, if I gave you now, just as you mentioned Barcelona, yes. if I said to you now, actually, I don't know if you've picked him anyway, but you, at this moment, can change your pick from Nadal to win Roland Garros this year, would you take it now? This is, that he's going to play quarter final, it's going to be against Cameron but from what you've seen, you could change now and that's it, or not? Well, absolutely not. It's absolutely madness to change now.
1: I'm having a wobble. I'm <gasps> having a wobble. Stop it. A... Did you not see what happened last time? Everything working against him. Conditions, balls. Know, it was in October. But... It was cold. He had barely won any matches coming in. I know, no.
0: no but I, I just, I don't know. There's something about the serve that doesn't look right. Is that still his back? Are we obsessed with a back problem that probably is not a back problem anymore? He's he absolutely
1: said, fine, uh... everyone.
0: I don't. I don't know. I was thinking because I was so convinced after what he did at Roland Garros last year, so convinced that the day it finished, I said he'll win it next year. So convinced yep. it was astounding, but I just, I just don't know. I just who's going to beat him though? Who would beat well, him? Well, well, Dominic Team if if he returns. I mean that's. That's an interesting one in itself. But the Oops. only thing I could see
1: happening is him having to withdraw. Say, say it is a bit of a back thing, which I don't really think is a big deal, but say it was and it got worse and worse and worse and he got to like, second round of round of girls and he had to withdraw or something like that. That's the only way I can see him not winning this tournament.
0: And I know it's a grand Slam; it's best of five sets, but would you have thought Andre Rublev was, was going to beat him Monte Carlo? And you can say, well, that was his first tournament back, but that's a title he'd won 11 times previous, and apparently he was fully fit. Coming into that, no, um,
1: no, no. Uh, You're getting sucked in. This I've, is I've what happens. Totally You're getting sucked, sucked in. in. Totally sucked in. Exactly. Totally. Just, it's no. It, it's just this absolutely. It's like the sinner drawing Djokovic in Monte Carlo. Everybody got sucked in. Djokovic was always going to win comfortably. Yeah, but,
0: he, but he didn't beat him. But Rublev did beat Nadal. And Nadal, and I know he came through well, three Schwarzman sets him beat him in
1: Rome last year. And oh, Nadal no. didn't play very well at all. And he went it just and didn't drop a set at Roland Garros.
0: I just I do really think that Nadal. Uh, Oh, it's just something about service it feels like oh
1: There's God. there's no doubt about it that yeah. with very limited tennis last year and yeah. then limited tennis this year I suppose he is massively underdone and as you get older I think it gets harder to just be able to find the level I think we've seen that with Federer he used to be able to do it just a click of the fingers Serena used to do it a click of the fingers. she'd have four months off barely do any practice and come and win a slam it was just absolutely yeah. outrageous and Nadal is falling into that category I think it's harder for him but look last year Wait, it was, let's go way back, because this is how much people want this to be a thing. 2019 <laughs> was he didn't win a title on clay until Rome, and yeah. everybody was freaking out. He'd made yeah. four semifinals, I believe, at least three. I think it was four. So he was saying, it's not that bad, guys. Like, okay, I'm not playing brilliantly, and I would have loved to have won a title, but like, I'm not crashing out first round here. And then he won Rome, played really well, won Roland Garros no issues and then the following year everything gets delayed and all, all of the issues and stuff and he loses in Rome um, he loses in Rome to, to Schwarzman who was absolutely brilliant but yeah, Nadal was. was not good by any means in terms of his level that he was playing I mean still credit to Schwarzman you've got to beat him but it's like we were talking about Djokovic being number one in the world it's all very well saying okay well I mean Dan Evans got a huge win over, over Djokovic so we were talking about about that within British tennis and it is absolutely huge and very easy for people to say, well, Djokovic wasn't playing his best. Well, of course, he's number one in the world. If he plays his best, he wins. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> so, you know, you have to bank on him not playing his best. It's still a huge effort from Evans. So, you know, Nadal wasn't playing great, but then he came we saw he did it. At- at Roland Garros, I, I think you're getting sucked in. I do I've think that each in. year I've it's getting harder. In. It's getting harder, but he is so far above the rest of the pack, especially with team throwing a wobbly now, which is a little bit harsh in terms of my description of what's going on, but we will go into it bit, yeah. later. <laughs> but but he is ultimately, he's not the threatening team that we would used to be seeing. We, he's not playing. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think, I, I honestly, I think you're getting sucked into this narrative. It's not a thing.
0: Well, we're recording this just before his quarterfinal with Cameron Norrie. So just so people can place where we're having this this discussion, because he might beat Cameron Norrie, love and love, and people will say, is she mad? Or Norrie might beat him, love and love. And then it'll be like, well, of course, it makes sense. He's not going to win. So that's just a kind of timestamp when we're recording this. Um, So other things, what are we picking out? Other stories, if we just look at the tournament's... I feel there's so much to talk about. Uh, Fabio Fanini. Do you want to talk about Fabio Fanini? Fabio? Well, <laughs> I mean... Is there a lot to say? Do you know what?
1: <laughs> just more surprising that it was, I think it was the first time he's ever been defaulted. Just, just kind of surprised at that. Apparently,
0: I read he'd been defaulted after a match. I think it was ahead of a doubles contest, but not during a match. Do you see what I mean? Right, so, Okay. At the end of one, it was like, well, you're not going to go on. And he didn't go and play his doubles, I read, but not in his. It, it, and then he obviously feels he's been hard done by. But it's uh, sure. it's it got a little bit spiky, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's from great. what it looks like, we couldn't hear what was being said. But it seems like people were fairly certain he was being quite abusive. So can't do that. You get defaulted. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, really. That's how it goes. But then, There's no defense you, of him.
0: Well, you're going to think, please don't. Can I bring up Benoit Paire? Just, just can I just yep. have a moment because yep. if we're talking about people doing things they shouldn't do. Um, look, he's he's still he's still going for. It, I think recently in Barcelona he lost first round and then he turned and spat towards the umpire and off he went again. And I read a recent article and the title was "It's time to give Benoit Paire a break as men's tennis is desperate for fiery characters." Now I know headlines can sometimes be in stark contrast to the actual article, but the article was. Pretty similar to the title. And you think, yes, you need characters, so we need a Nick Kyrgios. I think Nick Kyrgios is great for the sport, but they can cross a line. And Kyrgios has crossed the line before. And I don't think at the moment that's the kind of article, I'd more write an article, he needs to take a break, maybe he needs help, he needs to think about things. But I wouldn't be saying give him a break when he's spitting at people and throwing rackets down the other side of courts and saying tournaments are terrible. And I just... I know I seem to be banging on this... I I read somewhere that in all the first rounds he's sort of lost in this run of first rounds, he's made $375,000 since tennis returned last August, and he's won two matches, and he's lost 16. So is he just trying to make hay while the sun shines because when the rankings adjust themselves, he's going to tumble like a stone? Is he so addicted to tennis that he cannot not play tennis? I just... I I think finally, when I saw that article, I thought, yes, they need characters, but there's also decency. There's also standards. There's also, he just can't keep doing that, can he? Sure, yeah. I think probably is the answer to him maybe just
1: playing whilst there's money available, whilst he's getting into these big events and into the Masters tournaments, because he doesn't really seem to have any intent on trying to stay there. Um, So why not just go and pick up your checks for the year? He's earned it. I'm I'm very much a a supporter of people losing first round and there's lots of criticism for people who lose first round of slams and they get so much money, they earned it. They earned their spot to turn up and take that. And they're not being paid that amount of money for one day's worth of work. That is a lifetime that's gone into it.
0: Yeah, but have they earned it if they're then going to be disrespectful on the court, whether they tank a match or they spit? Can you still therefore say, I know they've put in the work, but can you still justify it by saying, well, they can act like that because they earned it. isn't there still some sort of code of contact where code of conduct sorry where I, I don't begrudge anyone earning money and last year was so hard for everybody but there's a way of going about it shortly
1: well yeah yeah of course and I, I agree I think you can still maintain a huge amount of your character without crossing that line it's just you know it's very specific everybody knows the rules you can't direct abuse at an individual on the court so you can abuse yourself you can abuse just sort of in general we hear people effing and blinding all over the place and saying words that they can't words but they cannot you can't direct that abuse at somebody so there are ways around it it's like with ball abuse right you know if you tee it out you're going to get a warning but if you slam it into the ground it's fine Everybody knows that if you literally pick up a ball and you slam it right into the ground in front of you, you've got no risk of hitting anyone and you're not going to get a warning for it. The ball's going to stay in the court. You've got some anger out. So there are are ways to do everything, and I, I do totally agree. I'm just really surprised. It's not something I've ever seen before, but I wonder why it doesn't happen. That If you're umpiring a match, I'm going to actually ask... Do you know what I'm, going to, I'm going to ask a friend of mine who's an umpire and I'm going to I'm going to ask if you're watching a match and they are blatantly tanking like we've seen Pair do like we've seen Tomic do on occasion. Yeah, um, I would actually argue unlike a lot of Kyrios's antics. I don't I don't think a lot of what he's he has done has qualified as complete tanking. I'm talking about the walking from side to side that we saw Tomek do on returns and not yep. make any attempt to, to hit the ball, that sort of thing. I just don't know why the umpires can't just default and just say, lack of effort, you know, warning, Tomek, lack of effort, and then you go second warning, and then it's this default. Just the same as sort of racket abuse. If you don't try for a point and you clearly don't run for a ball, you know, it's one thing, you know, we can sort of, see they're not putting in their best efforts. But another thing where they are completely disrespecting the game and the competition and the fans that are watching, if there are fans, and even if there aren't fans in the stadium, there are fans watching at home who pay for subscriptions to watch tennis and want to, yeah. want to watch these matches. So I think, yeah... I just wonder why it can't just be like that. It just makes total sense to me. I kind of thought that it was like that. I was always under the impression that if I gave lack of best efforts, that I would get a code violation for it. But yeah, I, I think guess it's,
0: not. It's, a, I think it'd be a very brave thing to do. Not that that should stop it happening. But can B, you imagine
1: the argument? Oh.
0: Can you but, imagine? But that's the thing, because then your pair or your tomic would go over and say, but I was, how can you prove... That I wasn't trying, even though everybody and his dog and his cat can see that this person is not trying. But they argue everything.
1: They'll argue if if you say that like Fabio's arguing that he was abusive, he's saying he wasn't. Well, it's an objective call. They're the officials and they're there to make the rules. Don't flirt with the line and you won't ever end up
0: on the wrong side of it. And it's fine. I guess if it's verbally, though, if it's abusive, if if someone heard it, if the chair umpire heard it or someone else heard it, you can prove you were verbally abusive, you'd be defaulted. But lack of effort, as much as we can... So they can say, oh, I, I don't know, I was cramping a bit or I was feeling a bit... Of an, I don't know. Yeah, I but just- then you get your warnings.
1: You get a warning for lack of effort, lack of best effort, yeah. and then you get a second warning, which will be a point penalty. And then you can get a yeah. game penalty. And then I think similarly to abusive stuff, if they deem it to be... Uh, a major offence then it's just a straight default
0: oh as you say I'd love to see the argument <laughs> when that was handed down but look I, I love characters in the game I'm a big fan of Nick Kyrgios but I just I, th- I just think I think there's a line and, and that article just riled me a little bit because I think you know it's time to give Benoit Pera a break I think he needs a break I'm not sure. I Are you can... saying an enforced break? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's I not can giving him a break,
1: is it? It's banning him. <laughs> no, but
0: no, I don't want to ban him. But I, I think, like, I don't think we need to give him a break from spitting at people and making his comments and throwing his racket. But I think he needs a break in the sense he, and I believe he's pulled out of Estrell, But I think he just needs to step away, I'm like a broken record for a little bit, get his love back, wait till the crowds can go back into the stadiums. And, and back he comes at the same time. I don't want to begrudge someone earning a living because these are more difficult times than they've ever been. But yeah, I, I, I still on the I think he needs a little bit of a break and then he comes back because I don't know. I just don't think it looks good. But then just... what happened in Monte Carlo? I did Benoit Pair's match and it was just it was fine. He didn't
1: flinch. He just played tennis and he was actually by the end of it working pretty hard. It was
0: just bizarre. What a weird blip. But then at the end, he does the comments about it's like playing in a cemetery and it's like playing in all this. And, and so for me, I think Monte Carlo was more like if you're coming out with these comments that sound sort of really emotional and really awful, it sounds like you're in a really, it's very sort of dark comments. Why are you doing it? If if you've got no love and there's no fans, it's like playing in a cemetery, then don't do it. I mean, do you know what? Don't I do actually it. give him a bit of a break on that one
1: because I do think that it probably feels like that. It's going to feel empty and dead and cold. and And, and that is that is definitely part of it and to describe it as a cemetery is maybe a little bit harsh but I can totally understand (laughs) what he's saying it's just as you're saying everything that goes with it it's like he's clearly not happy doing it so then don't I'm sure there are lots of players who would agree and say everybody talks about really missing the fans I think loads of players would say yeah it feels dead out there it feels like a cemetery I don't think that was necessarily a controversial statement it's just that well if you don't want to do it like don't
0: So we're gonna talk about it later, but I think this brings us nicely onto onto Dominic Team and everything that A he seems to be going through and he's been he did it was an interview in, in De Standard, wasn't it? That he he was asked some questions and he was very open with his with his answers about basically how life for him has changed and his relationship with tennis, hopefully for him and everyone else temporarily changed since he won the US Open.
1: Amazing, isn't it?
0: It's a fascinating thing
1: about being such a goal-oriented person, and there, you know, it's not just tennis players, it's not just athletes, it's a lot of people in life. The goal is what keeps them going, and it's very interesting as sort of a, a concept as to what happens when you achieve that goal. You have to completely readjust your your life's work, I suppose. I mean, something that springs to mind is the boxer Tyson Fury and how he had achieved his goal of being world champion. And then he just, I mean, absolutely nosedived and just was, I mean, he put on just so much weight. He got absolutely huge. He was a complete mess. I think he thought about committing suicide or tried to commit suicide or, or something like that. And then um, the only way to get him out of it was to say, well, I'm going to come back and I'm going to, and he, he set new goals again. It's the only way. And, And it can be really dangerous. I think for people that if you're, if your whole, you know, I've always thought that life is sort of a combo. I'm not getting all philosophical about it, but life is sort of a combination of purpose and pleasure. And if you have, you need to have a balance of purpose in your life because if you don't have any purpose in your life, you can feel really lost and you don't really know what you're doing. It's why people have children at a certain age. It's why people do lots of things, um, and you need to have something that you're you're focused on, and and that is where goals come isn't it that that that's where goals come out of but you also need to have the pleasure Uh, and a lot of people can tip over into having all the purpose and none of the pleasure and some people go the other way and and it's just always that fine balance but yeah when you're just so locked into that goal and that purpose of life and it's it's done what what do you do and it is also why you sort of look at the top few guys as, as to how well they've negotiated that I mean how many how many goals have they achieved and they've been able to not only come up with another one because of course there's an obvious another one for Dominic Team, which is winning Roland Garros that it would be a huge next step for him or, or yeah, any Grand absolutely. Slam but I think Roland Garros would be you well know, he
0: said hasn't he he said French Open is still the big goal
1: yeah exactly um, but you have to really believe it and you have to sort of get back on that treadmill and get back into that sort of driven mindset and it is not easy to do it's really really tough to do I think um, and yeah I mean it's it's difficult to sort of read him talking about it in as honest a way that he has but I'm I'm glad he has because it, it's yeah it shows that success can sometimes be a negative and this is something that I always talk about with youngsters if I'm working with them or teenagers coming up the rankings, sometimes the worst thing that can happen is winning a certain match or a certain tournament and it can be actually really quite damaging um and you just you just don't know but you also can't control it you can't get them to deliberately lose but sometimes as a coach you're thinking it might be quite useful actually if if she loses this one that that sort of thing um, you can't really vocalise it, but you just know because you've seen it, you're so experienced, you've seen it happen over and over again. and yeah.
0: But I was thinking that there's surely no way to properly prepare yourself for what it's going to feel like. Because you can say, I want to be number one, I want to win a Grand Slam, but when it happens, no one can prepare yourself for that moment because no one, whatever they've done, could put themselves in your sho- shoes how you are. And we know, and I remember I've talked about this before when I've spoke to Gunter Bresnik in the past when he was with Dominic Team. He talked about the emotional maturity and at times lack of maturity from Dominic Team. He's a very sensitive guy. The, the dealings I've had have just been interviewing him pre and post matches and talking a lot about Chelsea. He's a sensitive guy. He, we know he's got the Instagram account to save the otters and he's very big on the oceans and all this kind of stuff. And I just, how do you prepare someone for fulfilling their dream? And maybe his ultimate, ultimate, ultimate dream will be Roland Garros. And by then he'll have prepared for winning US Open. But you don't know how you're going to react. You don't know how your life is going to change when you cross that goal finish line. So I sort of wonder, how do you... How can you, and especially I think at 27, I know that's older than some, but maybe when you're older, Flavia Panetta wins, wins the US Open. She's older, she's about to retire. She has a, a life sort of falling into place. She has a life outside of tennis. Maybe that's how you deal with it. Angelique Kerber was older, but she still had that dip afterwards. Stan Vavrinka had that dip afterwards. Osaka. How, how, exactly. How can you prepare someone for what they're going to go through where no one can imagine... What you're going to go through because it's so different. I don't
1: think you can really, and I think one of the things, and I, I, I might be entirely making this up when it comes to Dominic Team, but it's something that I do see quite regularly as well with with players. Uh, and this is probably relevant to myself is that when you're so focused on something, that you have to make so many choices. Uh, people would call them sacrifices, but you have to make so many choices to achieve something as well it does as I I was saying life is this balance of sort of purpose and pleasure but what you do sort of stop having fun because you don't go out with friends and you you know you don't drink alcohol or you don't especially when you're young like as a teenager or a young 20 something you know you're just busy you're busy doing this stuff and the rest of it just is not important and it just seems like a waste of time a waste of energy and actually sometimes when you've been training and you have a day off you're so tired you just you just do want to sit around and play computer games or do something or watch TV and just veg because you're just resting you're very rarely Having time off when you're not knackered, you know, because you've done the training and now you've got time off to rest and recover. But you know, going on a hike with people or whatever, it's just not really something you want to be doing very much. Of. And one of the things I think when um, you know when you win slams uh and it's something that I, I was talking to some people that work at the WTA dealing with their new Grand Slam champions and how they try and negotiate and help their their situation is that you're told relentlessly like oh well just enjoy it this is the moment enjoy it and you actually don't know how to you've never enjoyed it you've never enjoyed much because it's all been about winning yes you enjoy the winning because that's that's the moment but in terms of sort of reveling in it and having fun with it and you know look it's not like dominic team would have gone out and got smashed like he's just not <laughs> gonna do that because he's I can't he's, imagine that. he's bashed that out of himself hasn't he but as in like how it can be a really um it can be a really difficult part and it was something when i stopped playing tennis like the amount of amount of times you know so my now husband would say to me um you know, or well, just do something you enjoy, like have fun. I was like, I don't know how to have fun. Like I don't know how to do it because I did get enjoyment and pleasure from my tennis, but that's now not there anymore. I don't know how to do it in any other sort of situation. And I had to learn that it took a really long time. You just, you you're just not used to, I suppose, being relaxed in those sorts of environments and working out what you do enjoy, like other things that you might enjoy, I suppose.
0: I submit. I mean, a quote from this article in, in The Standard was, ever since I can remember, I've had a completely planned life. Every day, every week, every month, I feel better when I know what's going to happen next. And that feeling's gone at the moment. And later he said, I feel a certain emptiness. It's interesting, isn't it, that he's, he's been so structured and he's liked... He's like that structure. He likes to know what's going to happen next, and and I think I don't think it's brave. Is it brave? I don't think it's brave, but I think it's good that he's taken that step back. I mean, he plans to to come back and is it Madrid or Rome and get himself back and sort of go for Roland Garros. But he's also spoken about that when COVID eases, because he's also been one of those who's really struggled with bubble life. That he might take a break from tennis, which I I, I read that thinking. That's such a brave thing to do. He's 27. He's got the tennis world at his feet. He's just won a grand slam title. But he has he has spoken about stepping away because, as you said, he's talked about having other things to focus in life, his, his personal life, other things he's interested in, that he just hasn't had time. He hasn't had time. And maybe this will change things for other players coming through. If you see someone who can achieve that, step away and then hopefully, ultimately come back to it afterwards.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I'm sure that he'll be okay in the end you know he's clearly pretty self-aware with what's going on um, so that is great but it does raise concerns as to this is what's happened when he's won a slam and he's clearly not happy and not in a great place and it's very difficult there are very few people that understand that it'd be really f- interesting um, you know I'm sure he does talk to them but you know somebody like an Andy Murray I think is quite similar to a Dominic team of kind of knocking on the door for a while and then breaking through how did he negotiate that I do think that you know, talking to Nadal or Djokovic or, or even Federer is a sort of a different ball game. As much as they have done incredibly well to negotiate very similar challenges, you know, Nadal winning French Open at 18, I mean, you're just so motivated then. It, it's it's just, you, you just win another one. That's yeah. just, how, just how it goes. <laughs> it's still impressive that they're, they're still motivated now, but I do think that the team is, is maybe similar to uh, uh, an Andy Murray in recent times. But the concern is is that he really needs to sort of get or find a healthier outlook and balance in life whilst being able to play tennis. Because if this is what happens after winning a slam, what's going to happen when he finishes? And we know a lot of players that really, really struggle when they finish. I'd say the majority struggle, but some really struggle and it takes them years to, to really find their feet at all. And others, you know, they just need to sort of orientate themselves in a new world. Um, but yeah, I mean, so goal orientated. Uh, maybe he will find the new goal, do what Tyson Fury has done and find the new goal, get back fit, go for that. But then what happens when you achieve that one? And what happens when it's all over and you can't do it anymore? You know, so that's the the slight concern, but it seems like he's pretty self-aware and will will navigate it okay.
0: The goal is Roland Garros, it it seems, you know, and he's made that clear. That is still the big goal. So it'd be interesting. Is he going to wait to maybe try and get that before he takes a break? Will it be simply as life opens up that he does take so do you therefore think it's harder for this success to come if you're a bit older because you're you're more aware and and the journey's been that much longer than if it happens when you're younger and you're just like yay this is great I'm just going to keep going yeah I think
1: so because when you're younger you never think that your best moment is going to be your best moment you always think something better is going to (laughs) come that's true so you know you win a a grand slam at 18 like Nadal you're pretty sure you're going to win more and it can be sort of surprising I think sometimes where you end up going okay that was my best moment on reflection and at the time you just thought okay what's next what's next because you just have that mentality you just do keep going but yeah I do think when you're older you're more aware of well that that could be it you know I mean it could be for team I don't think it will be but it, it, it could be and you you have that sort of Uh, I think it's a bit more difficult.
0: We should say he's also battling a bit of a left knee problem, so there is a physical issue. does want to return from Madrid. I quite like that he used Dan Evans and Alexander Bublik as examples. (laughs) He said, The struggle to focus on the sport in normal times... He said that's great for them. They can focus entirely on tennis. There's nothing else. So whether he was saying there's nothing else going on outside so they could just play tennis, whether it's about bubble life. And I I, I quite like Dan Evans's comments. He's like, come on, there are, there are worse positions to be in and worse ways to get out there and earn your living.
1: Yeah, but I, I this is where I was talking about the fun thing because I think he's talking about them in terms of like envious that they are able to have fun in their lives and still play to a high level. Quite carefree. Yeah, and okay, Dan Evans is really has been knuckling down more and more and more and more and more. And we're probably, you know, quite possibly could end up just as as, hard working as somebody like Dominic Team, who's been sort of setting those standards along with others like Nadal and and the top guys for for such a long time. But um, that's why I kind of thought of the fun thing. That's what it seems like he's sort of alluding to that he sort of doesn't know how to do that. And he can't quite switch off from being so focused all the time. Whereas Dan Evans and and, and Bublik are able to produce great performances and then be more relaxed and uh, and that sort of thing. But I would say that part of the reason that Evans is being so much more successful is that he is massively tailoring that side of his his personality yeah. and his life. Um, and I think recognizing that you know he's. Um, not much older than team, but that you know there's a finite amount of years that he can play, and he's really achieving good stuff. And it's just like, okay, all that can wait. That's absolutely fine. But he has also experienced a lot of it because he's done a lot of it for for many years. And if you become so professional from such a young age, um, then you just never get to do it. And you do get to the point where you're sort of wishing, and your your twenties of your teenage years have gone. Your twenties are going like somebody like Dominic Team. And you haven't used them f- for well. You have, of course. You've achieved so much, but it's all about achievement. You haven't been able to really enjoy yourself.
0: I'm trying to remember what I achieved in my twenties. <laughs> Is it? It's a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't mm. win any grand slams. I definitely enjoyed myself. So I, uh, well, I, <laughs> I ticked that side. I ticked that side of the box and came through university and was working. But it's it's incredible when you think of what these guys are achieving. I mean, it's it's absolutely astonishing. I should say that my My flights and my PCR test are booked for Paris. It's all organised, all done. I'm sure it's not going to change again. I hope it doesn't change again. because When did you book them for? August? Just to be sure. I don't think these tickets are flexible, are they? I don't think so. So I've, I've gone for it. The ticket's now booked. The PCR test is booked. As is, I'm not sure if his PCR test is or how he's getting there, Roger Federer. Roger Federer's Roland Garros accreditation is being made up because he has confirmed... That say I, I I just I just didn't think he was going to play clay, but he's going to play Geneva, and then he's going to go to Roland Garros. Big news for the tournament. I think they'll Huge. be thrilled with that. But how do you think he's going to do? He's never going to do horrendously, is he? He's not going to have he's not going to have an absolute no. shocker, and he wouldn't be playing on clay if if he didn't think that he'd be. Is he? Gonna, I was going to say, do you want to swap Nadal for Fed? He's not going to win it. Mm. I think I can say that with confidence. Sorry, Roger Federer fans, but I he's not going to win it. But I just, why, why do you think he's playing it? Do you think it's because it could be his last? One? I'm just wondering what he would, because normally you enter a tournament to win it, or maybe he's at the stage now because we know it's been building up. He'd love to really have another crack at Wimbledon. He was talking about being fully fit for Wimbledon, the Olympics, the US Open. They're the kind of big, he's missing that Olympic gold singles medal. They're the big three, right? He's going for. So I kind of wonder, what he will get out of going to Roland Garros, other than maybe to say goodbye, because it might be the last time he's playing Roland Garros. Oh, I see. I'd not thought of it like that, but that that could be. It could be. Um,
1: yeah, I, I kind of viewed it as just that he wanted matches,
0: and I know it's on clay, and I know it's difficult, and it, he's not going to win Roland Garros. No. But and, and and would the clay is the clay going to benefit him at all then moving into the grass? I mean, is, would there be a reason? Well, just having played just competitive, competitive matches, matches, yeah,
1: I do think right. so because he's so down on that that he it's not like he's a little bit down and could do with a few matches Mm. I mean he's so down on competitive matches he needs to get out and compete there's nothing like it and I think he's recognized over the past few years like I was saying before it is more difficult nowadays as you get older to just be able to turn it on um and that competitiveness I think so I think it will be of a massive benefit slightly annoying for him that of course the grass court season is a week shorter now. But, yeah, he'll go and he'll compete and I think he'll have no expectations at Roland Garros whatsoever. He'll just be wanting to get out, play the matches, test out the knee and then get on the grass.
0: Good to see Simona Halep is back fit and back playing in the build-up to Roland Garros um the football super league how how across were you of the football super league that lasted what 48 hours probably maximum before it <laughs> before it completely crumbled and I saw on social media people saying well what if they created a tennis super league I mean that was an absolute disaster from start to finish
1: <laughs> yeah I think for years to come in uh, in uh, classrooms up and down the country where you're teaching people about pr that might be the uh the, the prime example of how <laughs> not to do it absolute shocker i'd be really interested to hear from our international listeners whether that reached sort of global news i mean of course it's europe I, so I, I i recognize europe would have been very interested in it but what about like our the listeners
0: soccer equivalent of the soccer super league yeah so what about our football,
1: friends in yeah. the states and uh, and that sort of thing it'd be be interesting to see because I mean it was pretty major here wasn't it I mean it was an absolute it was just it just it doesn't make any sense to me I mean you know so much more about football than I do but I was trying to figure out in my so head you were at
0: work weren't you at work yes. so you were watching tennis while the sort of this thing was collapsing
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it was all a all a disaster but yeah I just didn't I just told me what were they thinking they, because in my head I'm like they must have been thinking something and then now you're looking at it going I can't really see what they were <laughs>
0: Thinking. It was about money, wasn't it? it was basically well, yeah, European... but you can't just
1: get away with that. Like, there must have been something else, but evidently not.
0: I mean, they, they, it seemed like they assumed that they could. If they announced it as a fait accompli, which it really was, you know, clubs were coming out with statements saying, we've entered this, this is how it's going to. I mean, everything, it wasn't, we are thinking of doing this we are in talks. It was, this is what's going to happen. This is how it works. Have promotion, relegation, the beasts and wild cards. These are the teams that are in it. Congratulations. Off we go. And the, the the wave of unity. I've never seen anything like this. The amount of people who unified in their utter disgust and hatred from the royal family releasing statements because <laughs> because Prince William is is the head of the the FA the Football Association in the UK saying this would be bad to UEFA calling them snakes and saying that any player who took part would be banned from World Cups. I mean, strong. Wow. But everybody from 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 Amazon to Sky to people saying, nope, nope, we're not involved to present us, I'm not going to present it. To, it was, everybody was, was unified behind it. Protests began. Yeah. And then the, the first clubs to come out were the the English clubs. They just went goodbye. All six of them went to the point when there was, I think there was two left. And then a statement came out saying, we don't think it's possible any longer. And I'm thinking, you've only got two teams. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> but it, it wasn't the, it's over, we can't do it. It was the, I don't think it's possible. And then someone said, I mean, it would be equivalent, if you put it into tennis terms, what would it be like? It would be getting the very best players just basically rotating and playing each other all the time. And, and, and I think it, like the football, I think it would ruin it. Like I, I long to see Federer, Djokovic play each other or, or some of the great matchups. But if I was seeing it every week, I probably would go off it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so the tennis equivalent is similar, I suppose, if you think about
1: the... uh, Bear with me, because I know it's not. But if you think about the ATP Tour Finals, so you've got the eight best players playing. But it's different because with the ATP Tour Finals, that is open for anybody. Anybody can get into the top eight, and it's reset every single year. So that's that's the difference, is that you have that opportunity to get there. What it would be like is once um, Nadal won a slam or a few... Yeah. Maybe maybe you qualify if you win five slams or something. I don't know. Or maybe it's just that you, you're the most marketable. That's probably more relevant to the football thing, isn't it? It's just the rich clubs, yeah. right? So if you're the most marketable and so you take Federer and you'll take Djokovic and Murray and Nishikori and Naomi Osaka and Coco Goff and Serena Williams and you just say... Uh, you're just signed and every year you're just going to play, just going to keep playing over and over and over again. You're just going to play this tournament and we'll see who wins. Um, I think that's more what it's like, as in like nobody else can play. <laughs> it's just, no one's allowed all
0: people And all the people that are already at the top of their game, and again, they've earned the right to be earning this money and they've earned their money from getting to the top of the game, but they'd just be getting even richer. And yes. the, the, the clubs in, in soccer, football or the players would either get not getting any richer or getting poorer or they wouldn't have the opportunity so I don't it's just hard to think a bunch of people sat around a table that wouldn't consider that that might be an issue at some point well yeah I mean maybe echo chambers
1: sort of thing everyone saying this is a fabulous idea
0: yes absolutely yeah You, you know what yeah if you get a group of people who all think something's brilliant you can walk away thinking that is brilliant like that if you're you know if you're so I remember doing an interview with a with a footballer once and um he had quite a thick accent so I'm doing this sort of in-depth 40 minute interview and I'm so immersed in it and I'm I'm asking the questions listening to the answers I thought oh I left thinking that was really good we learned so much about him brilliant literally when we watched it back he was talking gobbledygook like literally, he was he was half English words, half non English words, sentences that didn't make sense. But I was so immersed in it, I was saying, "That's <laughs> great." That's and I came. I said to my boss, "Wow, we've learnt this is so in depth and wonderful." Honestly, it didn't make sense. I was <laughs> it's I, thinking, I was thinking we're going to have to put subtitles on this. But then half the sentences, they just. It, it, but again, because I was so immersed in it, and you. So maybe that's the case. You just get a group of people that are so together on something but it it was do you know what it's sort of similar to well maybe it's not i don't know
1: but it's interesting to talk about it uh so let's go with it um back (laughs) in the day uh we're talking long time ago pre-open era in tennis pre-closed era do we refer to that (laughs) as? maybe not um if you won a slam you would get a bye to the final what did you not
0: know this no, I didn't know
1: this. Now I feel like I might be making this up.
0: In Wimbledon, in yeah, Wimbledon,
1: if you won okay. Wimbledon in sort of yeah. nineteen ten, I'm going right. to say okay. you would you, you're the defending champion, and basically everybody else would play off to be the challenger to play against you. That sort of thing, sort of more like boxing. Sort you that's know, ridiculous. so you you hold the title, and and I think that's where defending champion sort of comes from. I did not know that again.
0: I love that. There's about a fifty percent this... chance I'm making okay. this up,
1: but I thought <laughs> it's just suddenly jogged something in my memory. I thought that was the case for. Uh, we're talking a long time ago. And I'm they, not saying
0: it's not. I'm. I'm just. I'm. Yeah. But I'm what I would say is that they scrapped
1: fact. it because it's clearly ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just and modernising the
0: game. You need to make it open to to everybody. You could win Wimbledon, put your feet up for a year, do whatever you wanted to do, and then rock back. And then get the rewards of—I guess the, okay—the rewards in 1910 aren't the rewards of 2021. But <laughs> you could rock back and just rock into the final with everything that goes with being in a final.
1: That yeah, that I—I I believe I'd love for one of the, one of the listeners or multiple listeners, as it normally ends up being, uh, to, to let me know if I'm <laughs> horrendously wrong. Uh, if I am, I might. Uh, re-release this pod with a bit of an edited
0: I, I might just out. get out the, 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 the more likely version is I'm going to get abuse for not knowing this is the case no <laughs> so, I do think so I'm so sure way. that was the thing I'm so
1: sure we learned about that but I mean we're talking ages and ages great. and ages ago yeah. like pre-fed pre-fed pe-
0: Pre- well, pre-fred well, yep. perry pre-that yes okay. that's what I believe oh, wow. okay so I've learned something this is good for a Friday this is good
1: there you go, yeah. Thank you. But I mean, it's a ludicrous situation. But anyway, uh, that's the only sort of thing I could maybe link it to with tennis other than just a stupid round robin of the most marketable tennis players yeah. just playing against each other the whole time.
0: So you you are you Belgrading all week now, week, weekend? Is this you? Yeah, it's
1: quarterfinals today. Djokovic right. is in action. Right. Uh, lots of Serbians in the... Serbian tennis is really strong now. Lots of Serbians yeah. in the draw. Kitzmanovic is on as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I,
0: I better, better hurry off because they're going to start soon yeah.
1: and I'm on the first match, so...
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on... I've done two school runs this morning. I made the big error of one of my little ones said, Mummy, can I try... It's, it's called Little Samurai. It's like kickboxing, but for five-year-olds, right? Oh, nice. And I said, that's great. Thought that's easy. You knows really interesting. He wants to go. Great, great, great. His brother doesn't want to go. Fine. Then it dawned on me, had to be at school for 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. with one for kickboxing, only to return home to get the other one to go back to school for school time. Ah, that, uh, see, that's a that's bit an error. Fluff, isn't it? And that's an error, isn't it? So that yeah, was... Yeah, no, that's where it's just much easier if they do the same thing. Well, right? today was the trial... So as much as I want him to enjoy it, if he comes home and says, Mummy, I don't want to do that again, I'm fine with that. I'm also I am also. love the name Little Samurai. That's Little awesome. Samurai. So the woman came out and said, who's ready for kickboxing? And it's I would say 99% boys, there's one girl. They went, yes. And in they went. Yeah. So yeah, you know, if he wants to carry on, great. But equally, if he doesn't want to carry on and I don't have to get up at the crack of dawn, that's also fine. So I'm recovering from that before I go and get them. I'm on mum duty, which is nice for a few days before the clay really sort of hits us with a bang. So Yeah, well,
1: if he doesn't want his spot as a little samurai, I'll, I'll bring baby Rog. I think Rog is
0: a bit too young. I'm just going to no. say I think, think Rog is a little bit. Can he stand up? Is he worth, I don't think, well, he's worth. He's fairly powerful. It's, he's got a good kick on him. I'm thinking it's a fundamental. He needs to be able to walk to enter this class. <laughs> so, uh, I think we. I think Rodj can wait a little bit for kickboxing. I'm going to recover from my double school run before I want to go back to school. Luckily, to pick him up at the same time. You enjoy Belgrade, and I then will. Um, we are again not working together next week. We might be the weeks after that, but. Next week, we'll meet up again and and see where we're at. And I'll let you know if he's still doing kickboxing. Enjoy Belgrade. I will. Bye. Bye. Enjoy kickboxing.